So who remembers what we talked about last week? Raise your hand. Last week. Uh-huh. Got some candy here. Nobody remembers last week, huh? Huh? Well, that's fine, because we're doing a recap anyway. Zeke? Strong and courageous. Does that help you guys? Well, you weren't here. Sorry. I'll give you one anyways. <laughs> what do you want, Zeke? We got Twix, Milky Way, Snickers. What? Snickers? Do so you want the three musketeers? <laughs> That's probably the least like it out of all of them. Other than maybe M&M's. Where is that found? Anyone remember in the Bible? Strong and courageous. Where is it found, Joshua? There it is. What do you want? What's that? Still got a Snickers, one left in the Milky Way. Three Musketeers, peanut M&M's. Milky Way. There it is. Who else did I talk about besides out of Joshua? Erica? David and Goliath. Yes, what do you want? Twix? Nicely done. Yes, that was what we're talking about. Strong and courageous, and I might give out more candy. Don't, don't worry about it. So that's what our series is titled. You can put the graphic up there, Gregory. Remember, don't be this guy unless you can be this guy. <laughs> There's some wisdom for you. So, Joshua 1.7, you can bring this up again. We're just going to do this one verse, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. New Living Translation. This is what God told Joshua. And this is the second time that he said, be strong and courageous. So, when it pops up there, let's read it together, okay? Do, 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 do. I know I put him on the spot. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. You may prosper where? Who wants to prosper wherever they go? Anybody? Or do you guys just want to stumble and fall everywhere you go? Like, like a child learning how to walk. <laughs> That's what Bennett's doing right now. Almost there, not quite. <laughs> so you guys want to be successful in everything you do? Everywhere you go? Well, the key is what? What did he talk about in there? Be strong and very courageous and do 
what Moses said to do, which was really what God said to do, because he told Moses it. So we're going to read out of Matthew chapter 14, and don't put it up there yet, Gregory, but Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. It's a pretty big chunk of scripture. But let me share a little bit of what leads up to this story. Book of Matthew, it's one of the Gospels. Who knows one of the other Gospels? Anybody? We got Matthew. Who else we got? Raise your hand. There you go, Mark. You get M&Ms. Because <laughs> you, uh-huh. Luke, that's right, Reese. What do you want? Twigs? Last one. Ooh, intercepted. <laughs> and one more. John, what you want? All right. So in the book of Matthew, before the passage I'm about to read, which is out of chapter 14, the disciples just experienced probably one of the most incredible miracles they had experienced at this point. And I'll, I'll tell you, they experienced some pretty miraculous miracles. But they got to witness the feeding of the 5,000 men and their families, which many argue that it's probably 15 to 20,000 or more people. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. But they got to witness all sorts of stuff before this. Incredible healings happened. A man that had this withered hand, and God healed him, and his hand straightened out and was normal. They got to witness demons getting cast out. Like, we're talking about a lot of crazy stuff. But just before this specific situation, they fed the 5,000 with Jesus. Now, I say it like that because they were a part of it. Jesus didn't just go around and break a piece off, break a piece off, and break a piece off to all these people. No, he, he broke up the pieces. He had the disciples have a hand in it with him, doing the miracle with him. Now, how many of you would like to see and do some of those miraculous things? Anybody? I know for myself, I would love to see those things. This wasn't the only time that Jesus had the disciples take part in miracles. Earlier on in the book of Matthew, Jesus splits up the disciples two by two, and he sends them out to go tell the neighboring areas about him to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Like, that's incredible. So they had taken part in doing miracles already up to this point. Now, I know I would love to see some of these, and I have seen some healings happen in my lifetime. I've seen some. Anyone else seen anything? There's a few of you. John was miraculously healed. If you haven't heard about it already, he'll be preaching next week. <laughs> we'll see if he shares it. <laughs> but I know I would love to have seen and done some of those miraculous things that the disciples got to. But to be strong and courageous takes 
It takes a step of strength and courage. To be strong and courageous, you have to move. You got to do something. You got to step out. You can't just tell yourself, I'm strong and courageous. Now imagine me waking up. I wake up in the morning. I go to the bathroom. I look in the mirror. And I'm just giving myself a pep talk. I'm like, you're strong and courageous. Yeah, I'm strong. I'm courageous. I can do this. I can tackle this day. Anything that comes my way doesn't have a chance. But then I stay in the bathroom. I stay staring at the mirror. I just keep giving myself a pep talk. Is it really going to do me any good? If I don't step out of the bathroom to tackle the day that's before me, and I just stay in there because I know there's plenty of storms outside that door, three of them specifically, Milo, Luella, and Bennett, <laughs> it's not going to do me any good, right? If I simply stay there, it's really just words. Telling myself, I'm strong and courageous. I can do this. Now imagine if Joshua, after being told by Moses in front of all of Israel, if you remember me saying that last week, which was, mind you, over a million people, be strong and courageous, and then God himself tells him, be strong and courageous, very courageous. We just read it earlier, right? And then he goes back to his tent, and he's just giving himself a pep talk. You can do this, Joshua. You're strong. You're courageous. You're able to do this. You're going to be victorious. The enemy is yours. You're going to conquer them. They've got nothing. They can't stand against you. And then he never leaves his tent. It'd be a problem, right? And Israel never would have taken the land that was promised to them. The nation of Israel never would have had a nation. They would have been stuck in the wilderness for longer than 40 years, which is how long they were stuck in the first place. Am I the only one that's felt this way? Be strong and courageous, and then you're scared to step out. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be strong and courageous. God's called you to be strong and courageous. But that means there's something that you need to be strong and courageous against, right? There's something that you need to step out in faith towards. And that takes action. More than anything, it just takes, it simply takes faith. It takes trust in God that he's going to do it. And that's what Joshua had to do. He had to step out in faith that God was going to pull through for him like he said he would. Now let's take a look at this passage of Scripture. Matthew 14, verse 22, starting there. There comes a point where we need to step out of the desert and into the strength and courage that God has called you to, that God has said about you, that God is pouring into you guys, that he already has. We heard about it last week, right? So let's read this. You guys don't have to follow along with me, but you have your Bibles follow along in Scripture. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. So like I said before this, they had just witnessed this miracle of 5,000 people plus fed with five loaves and two fish. I don't know if you guys have ever done that, but it's pretty impossible. 
So he sends his disciples out into the boat to go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. So Jesus goes and he sends them all away while he tells the disciples, go to the other side of the lake. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. It was fighting against him. Now in the fourth watch of the night, which some translations say three in the morning, who's ever been out paddling a boat at 3 a.m.? Anybody? Is it? Is it? It was awesome. Well, you probably wouldn't want to be on this lake at this time because <laughs> there was a storm at this time. So in the middle of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out for fear. How many of you would have been freaked out too? Anyone? <laughs> See somebody walking on the water? Have you ever seen that before? Probably not. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. This is probably New King James Version, right, Gregory? And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Peter's sinking in the water. He's afraid. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Many touched him and are made well or healed. So, in the New Living Translation, it shares what Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, take courage. Here I am. I'm here. Now the disciples have been in a situation similar to this in the past, where they're in a boat, waves are crashing against it, they're scared for their life, but they didn't see anyone walking on the water that time. <laughs> Jesus was in the boat at the time, and he was asleep. And they got mad at him and woke him up. Do you not even care about us? We're going to die here. And then he stops the storm. But this time, Jesus sent them across without him, knowing farewell, they're going to go into a storm. I mean, it was Jesus. He knew this was going to happen. He went up to the mountaintop to pray, and I'm sure... God told him, go to the disciples. I know you don't have a boat. Don't worry, you'll walk on the water. And he gets there. Part of me wonders if he was intentionally freaking him out to have fun with him. Because <laughs> I think in the book of Mark it says that he, he intended to walk past them. <laughs> so he wasn't even going to them. He was like, I want to walk past this boat and freak him out. And they did get freaked out, right? They were scared. His response, though, was what? Take courage. Same thing that Joshua was told. Be strong and courageous. Take courage. Now, I read this story, 
And I can't help but think, how often do we have faith that looks this way? Put yourself in this position. See the parallels to life. The disciples, they're struggling. They're in this boat. They're struggling to get where they're wanting to go. It's just like life. They're struggling in life, and then we, we even have help from others. Peter wasn't in the boat by himself. He had other people in the boat helping him, trying to row this boat that they couldn't get across. Yet it still seems to not be enough. Struggling in life, and it's not enough to have the people around you helping you. But then we encounter Jesus. Changes our life. He says, take courage. And we go, yes, God, I live for you. I trust in you. I'm going to do this. Because I know I have you by my side. And we get this boost to our faith. It builds us up. We feel like we can conquer the world because we've got Jesus with us. But then we step out of the boat. We're walking on the water. And the storm hasn't stopped. The storm is still crashing around us. Things are still crazy. Nothing's changed around us except inside of us. And we start to get our eyes off of Jesus. We focus elsewhere on the storm around us thinking, God, you were supposed to stop the storm. The storm is still happening. Where are you? When all the while he's right there. We start sinking crying out for help, hoping a hand's going to grab us. I don't know if that story relates to you guys, but it relates to me. I've felt that way at times. I feel like, Lord, there's this storm around me. I've prayed to have it stop, and it hasn't. It's still blowing out there. (laughs) When are you going to change this? Why doesn't God just get rid of the storm? Why doesn't he just do away with it? I mean, he did in one example with the disciples, right? It was the one I shared. Jesus previously was asleep in a boat. They wake him up, and he stops the storm. He says, okay, I'll, I'll be done with it. And then they're like, even more freaked out, is what the Bible says. <laughs> it says they're even more scared than they were before. They're terrified of Jesus. That's right, Zeke. Get him. but why doesn't God just get rid of the storm he did it before can't he just do it again sometimes God just likes to do things different he does something once and then he chooses to do it differently next time when it's a similar circumstance. Almost exact same. But here's how I feel. I don't feel like it would have taken Peter real serious courage to step out of the boat and walk on the water without a storm there. Think about it. Peter was a fisherman. You guys think a fisherman would know how to swim? I would hope so. (laughs) They might be in the wrong profession. But Peter, I mean, logically you would think he, the man knows how to swim, right? And 
We know that he knew how to swim based off of a story in John when he jumps out of the boat to go after Jesus who's on the shore and they're like way out in the water catching fish. And he jumps out of the boat, ditches all the other disciples for them to get to the shore by themselves without him. Who, mind you, he was the oldest one, probably the strongest one. And he says, see you guys, I'm going to swim there. So we know that Peter knows how to swim, right? It wouldn't take as much courage for him to step out of the boat onto the water without a storm there, knowing if I sink in, I'll be fine anyways. Because I know how to swim. Well, I'll tell you this. Most people don't know how to swim in a treacherous storm. Not only that, most people don't want to swim in a treacherous storm. For Peter, it took full reliance and trust and faith in Jesus to get out of that boat. For if the storm wasn't there, it wouldn't have taken them as much courage. And I would argue it wouldn't have really taken them true faith at all to be able to do it. But Jesus intentionally left the storm there going for him to step out in faith, putting his full trust in the Christ that he would be able to do the impossible. And guys, I don't know what storms you're in. Storms happen. Like I said last week, this last year proved that suffering is a part of life, not just part of life as a believer. Suffering happens. And it's going to continue to happen. But the response that Jesus had to us was, take heart, you will have trouble in this world, but I have overcome the world. You know, you can walk in the midst of a storm when you focus on him, when you trust in him to get you there, to get you through it. I don't believe it would have taken him as much strength. He had to focus on Jesus. When you're in the storm, what is it you're focusing on? Are you focusing on the waves? Are you focusing on the things that aren't going right? Are you focusing on the things that are falling apart? Or are you focusing on Jesus? On what? Are you focusing on John? Hopefully not. When you hear God saying to do something that seems impossible, do you focus on the storm you're about to walk out into? Or do you focus on the one who called you out into it? Because here's the thing. Jesus was there. He was in the storm the whole time. And not only that, but he chose to leave the shore, the safety that was behind him. He was on a mountaintop having a prayer time with God. (laughs) But he chose to leave at 3 in the morning They'll go walk out to the disciples into the storm. And guys, this is the story of what he did for us. In the salvation sense, he left the comfort of heaven, all that he had as God, laid it aside, came to us, stepped into our storm, and did the impossible for us so that we could overcome the storm with him. So we could walk on the waves with him. Now, Peter had a moment of doubt happen, right? And I want to encourage you guys and comfort you that when there's moments of doubt that happen, it doesn't scare God. It doesn't scare Jesus. In fact, 
He has compassion and he reaches out a hand to help. It's up to us whether we're going to take it, though. Because oftentimes when storms are happening, the question is, who are we calling out to? What are we calling out to to help us? I can tell you this, the times I don't call out to Jesus to help me, the storm just gets worse. And it just gets worse on me. But when I call out to Jesus and I choose to put my trust in him and go to the word and, and go to others that are going to push me in the right direction, in the same way Joshua had Moses encouraging him, building up his faith, exhorting him into the faith that he was to walk into. Things go much better. To be strong and courageous, you have to step out of your comfort zone, guys. Who wants to be strong and courageous? Anybody? To be strong and courageous, you have to step into something that you need to be strong and courageous with. Something that's outside of your comfort zone. Something you're not used to. Something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable. For some of you, that just might simply be saying, Jesus, I'm yours now. Enough is enough. I choose the life you want for me, not the life I want for myself. Regardless of if anyone else gets out of the boat with you. Because did anyone get out with Peter? No. He got out all by himself. And in fact, he's the one that took initiative to ask Jesus, hey, if this is you, call me out. Bring me out there. He didn't wait for Jesus to call him. He already did it. <laughs> he called Peter once already. But to be strong and courageous, you have to step out of your comfort zone. Now, I don't know where that is for you. For everybody, it's different. For some of you, it might be being up here. It might be playing an instrument. It might be talking to your friends at school. It might be talking to your parents. Guys, I don't know where it is for you, but you know where you're uncomfortable. <laughs> you need to go somewhere you haven't been. And that's where Peter went. Nobody had walked on the water before this other than Jesus who got there. <laughs> Peter is in the Bible as walking on water <laughs> because he chose to step out. Now the temptation is later on when you're doing the impossible, to see the impossible around you and go, this can't be happening. <laughs> and then, zoom, you sink in the water. <laughs> you say, God, I don't know how this is working. Well, God's working, that's how. <laughs> but knowing your doubts does not scare God. will get you through anything that's ahead of you. And Jesus' reply to Peter was such love and compassion of, Peter, why did you doubt me? You saw me walk out here, and you walked out here yourself. If I couldn't walk through this storm, I never would have came out here. But sometimes God doesn't quiet the storm because he wants us to get through the storm. Doing the miraculous, doing the impossible, doing what you thought was unbelievable. But to get through it, you need to focus on him. 
You need to put your trust in him and remember where the focus needs to stay. Because for Peter, when he got his focus off of him, that's when everything started to fall apart. That's when the storm got the best of him, instead of him walking above the storm. So I'm going to pray. We're going to get into groups here. But my question for you is, what do you need to step out into? What is God calling you to be strong and courageous with? Because just like I shared at the beginning, me giving myself a pep talk all day isn't going to do a thing if I don't step out of the bathroom and do something with the pep talk that I gave myself, right? Joshua staying in the desert, shouting to himself, you're strong, you're courageous, you can do this, you're victorious. God commanded you to be it. And stay there and never walk into the promised land. Would have done him no good. So what is it that you need to be strong and courageous with? God, I pray for these youth. I pray that they would know you've commanded them to be strong and courageous and that you don't set them up to fail. You set them up for the impossible, to do the impossible, to show the world your glory through them, to show the world how amazing you are and that you're worth giving it all for and that you're worth putting all your trust in. God, I pray that the storms that are in their life, that they would remember you're there with them. And you're not there with them only, but you've called them into it with you. That you're there in the storm, and you have the hand of help when trouble comes their way. God, I pray that they would remember what you've done and that you've called him into it with him. Lord, I pray that they would know that it's worth it. This walk with you is worth it. I would pray that they would remember that they're, they're going to be a little uncomfortable at times. But that's where courage and strength come, is stepping into places where they're uncomfortable getting outside of their comfort zone. In Jesus' name, amen.